Hi, welcome back to the Only Cure for Borderline Personality Disorder podcast. I'm Shamala Del Rosario. I'm 54. I'm a wife, a mother, grandmother, and I've lived with borderline personality disorder for my entire life. I used to be convinced that there was something fundamentally wrong with me and that I was unfixable. But from the moment I stumbled across Brian Barnett, my misperceptions began to unravel. I strongly suggest that you do subscribe to the Last Symptom podcast. As I continue to do the inner work to root out the underlying subconscious core belief that my feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth and therefore so am I, I'll be using this podcast platform to share my insights and thoughts. And just to be clear, these are my personal experiences and insights. I'm not qualified in any field of emotional or mental health and anyone that chooses to listen is responsible for their own thoughts, feelings and actions. Hi, I hope you're all well. Have you ever wondered why academic study is so important? Did you all go to school? Did you learn the alphabet? Did you learn to count? Did you memorise your multiplication tables? How many years of academic study did you have? Maybe you just went through secondary school. Maybe you went to university. Maybe you dropped out. And how many years of emotional education did you get? Zero, is that right? You were never taught anything about emotions. Instead, you were expected to learn socially acceptable ways to deal with your emotions by watching your parents. But now imagine what kind of job you'd be in, what kind of living situation you'd have, and what kind of lifestyle you'd be living if you had zero years of academic education. I mean, what would your life look like if your academic or financial intelligence was as underdeveloped as your emotional intelligence? Because let's be honest, most of us have got a really unhealthy relationship with our emotions. I mean, that doesn't mean that there's something horribly wrong or broken. It just means that like most people, you probably aren't in quite as good a physical shape as you'd like to be. Your emotional fitness is, is, isn't at quite at peak levels either. And a big part of becoming more emotionally healthy is to work on a healthier relationship with our emotions. It means examining how we think about and react to our emotions, particularly the painful emotions. We've grown up believing that if an emotion feels bad, it is bad. The trouble is that that's simply not true. Your emotions aren't the problem. It is your relationship with your emotions. That's the problem. Avoiding negative emotions buys you short-term gain at the price of long-term pain, believe me. Over time, avoidance becomes a prison because you feel the need to avoid many situations, people, experiences and places that may bring the negative emotion to mind, you know, stir it up or remind you of it. And the more that you avoid, the worse you feel. Because whatever you resist really does persist. I mean, do you even really know what emotions are? Thoughts, feelings, sensations, perceptions, or is it some weird cocktail of all of them?
let's be honest, you don't know if what you're feeling is normal or abnormal. You don't know what emotions mean or if they mean anything at all. You don't know where they come from or how long they'll last. You don't know what they're for or how they work. You don't know what to do with them when they do show up. You don't know if they're good or bad, helpful or dangerous, or something to be eliminated with alcohol, drugs, food, sex or or shopping. We can all agree that some emotions feel good and some feel bad and some feel really, really, really bad. You want more of the good ones, you know, love, happiness, excitement, and you'll do whatever you can to avoid the bad ones, like sadness, anger, anxiety, shame, guilt, etc. You wrongly assume that because an emotion feels bad, it is bad. But when you label a whole group of emotions as bad or negative, You're actually training yourselves to view those emotions as threats, dangers to be eliminated or to be avoided at all costs. And when you treat your emotions like enemies, that's what they'll start to feel like. Criticising yourself for feeling sad is a great way to make yourself depressed. Worrying about getting anxious is a great way to bring on a panic attack or, or chronic anxiety. Judging yourself for feeling angry is a great way to get stuck in being forever ashamed. Emotions aren't good or bad, any more than different coloured traffic lights are good or bad. You might not like red lights, but that doesn't mean they're bad, dangerous or a problem to be fixed. You might not like feeling sad or afraid or ashamed or any other difficult emotion, but that doesn't mean that they're bad, wrong or defective. It's ironic, really, that so many of us are compassionate, understanding and gentle when faced with other people's difficulties and emotional struggles. But when faced with our own painful emotions, we're just the opposite. We're judgmental, intolerant and harsh with ourselves when we're struggling. When we're anxious or afraid, we'll tell ourselves to pull it together or remind ourselves that, Oh, I'm always crying and worrying over the smallest things. Why can't I just be normal? When we're sad and depressed, we reprimand ourselves. Oh, do you know how many other people have got it far worse than we do? Oh, we need to show show a little gratitude. When we're feeling ashamed and defeated, we pile on the hurt with an inner voice that says things like, Oh, of course this would happen to me. I'll always be a screw-up. I should just accept it. You know, that running commentary and narrative going through your mind all of the time. That judgmental tyrant constantly putting you down, criticising, worrying, ruminating and generally making you feel like crap. Fueling the flames, the flames, sorry, and increasing your suffering. You know, when we're upset, we need our inner voice to be a friend, not a bully. Feeling emotions including the uncomfortable ones like anger, sadness and fear. It's an inevitable part of being human. You can't avoid emotional pain. Stuff happens and we feel bad. That's the reality and there's no escaping it. But we don't have to observe ourselves feeling bad and then judge ourselves as bad or weak or immoral for feeling that way. 
All that is doing is adding a second layer of painful emotion on top of the difficult feeling that we're already feeling. When you touch a hot iron, pain signals fire through your neurons and you instinctively pull back your hand. The sensation of pain that comes from touching a hot iron feels bad. But the pain itself is not bad. In fact, it's good. Our bodies have a pain for a reason. Without the pain, you would have left your hand burning on that iron for a lot longer, probably resulting in a much more serious burn. The same thing is essentially true for our emotions. Just because the emotion feels bad doesn't mean it is bad. Grief, irritability, anger, terror, guilt, frustration, anxiety, shame, panic or any other difficult emotion may feel bad. But that means nothing about its moral standing or usefulness. But when you operate under the assumption that every painful emotion experience is bad, you get yourself into all sorts of unconscious habits designed to eliminate those painful feelings. You really have got to learn to see the pattern of avoidance and aggression with your emotions. You've got to recognise the many ways in which, consciously or not, you treat your emotions like enemies. Do you procrastinate? You know, putting something off until later, even though you know it's going to cause problems in the long term. For me, procrastination was a form of instant gratification, but not in the pleasurable sense to add that positive feeling. It just felt good because it removed something painful or unpleasant. You know, relieving me of the unpleasant emotions I experienced, whether anticipating or actually doing a task. Or do you keep yourself busy as a distraction from painful feelings? Is your to-do list constantly throwing appointment after appointment at you, task after task, meeting after meeting? Are you keeping busy to avoid reflecting on seriously painful, lingering emotions? Maybe you've never grieved the death of someone close and keeping busy as a distraction from that pain. Maybe you're miserable in your job or your marriage or living situation, but because you can't see a viable alternative, keeping busy keeps your mind off the anxiety of making a big decision. Maybe you experienced an emotional breakdown 10 years ago and over time you've kept yourself constantly preoccupied because you hope keeping busy will ward off another breakdown. Maybe you feel guilty about your broken friendship and keeping busy keeps the guilt at bay. But here's the unavoidable truth. You can't outrun your emotions. Distraction is a temporary relief at best, never a cure. Sweeping my emotions under the carpet with constant busyness was like taking out one of those payday loans. You know, you get a little breathing space for a little while, but you're paying interest. And the interest rate on emotional loans is much higher than most people realise. You spend your entire life playing defence against an imaginary opponent. Or do you intellectualise your feelings? Acknowledging the facts and ignoring the actual emotions. 
Suppose you arrive to admit to meet your friend for coffee a few minutes late, eyes all red and puffy after a tearful argument with your husband. And your friend asks how you are. What do you say? Oh, I'm fine. I just had a bit of a stressful morning. I'm a mess, but I'll be okay. This is describing how you feel emotionally in terms of conceptual ideas or metaphors rather than plain emotional words. If you think about it, saying, I feel sad, is much more direct, raw and painful than actually saying I'm a bit stressed. You have to be vulnerable to describe how you feel with plain emotional language. By avoiding being vulnerable about how we actually feel, we make it hard for other people to help and support us too, because we're hiding how we truly feel. Or maybe you get home after a really tough day at work. You made a horribly embarrassing mistake during a presentation and it was in front of the entire company. As you walk through the door of your house, your husband asks you how your day was. What do you say? I'm just really stressed out. Or could you be honest and say, I feel ashamed and embarrassed? Being afraid to be vulnerable with our feelings, we subtly avoid them by intellectualising how we feel, transforming our emotions into ideas because ideas hurt less. Blocking out and ignoring the emotional side of any problem in a completely rational and intellectual manner by comprehending only the facts associated with it. When we avoid our emotions, even with the language we use to describe them, we signal to our brains that those emotions are not just painful, but dangerous. It's a very subtle avoidance strategy that teaches your brain to be afraid of your own emotions. And how healthy can your relationship with your emotions be if you're terrified of them? Avoiding painful situations doesn't lead to better outcomes. In fact, it usually makes things worse. Distracting yourself from anxiety only makes you more anxious. Numbing out your grief only perpetuates your sadness. Venting all your anger only intensifies it. When you run away from something, it teaches your brain that it's dangerous. When you instantly avoid your anxiety by distracting yourself, numbing it out or trying to fix it by worrying about it or whatever, you create a second layer of anxiety. Now you've got anxiety about anxiety. Running away from painful feelings may give some relief in the short term, but it's always going to be at the expense of your long-term emotional health. And do you know something else? Despite our best intentions, we're not always very good at helping other people with emotional suffering. We try to fix problems that aren't actually problems, like emotions. I mean, a few days ago, my three-year-old granddaughter fell backwards off a chair She wasn't physically hurt, but she came running over to me sobbing and I felt bad for her. I don't like seeing her upset or in pain. And it was hard to suppress my initial reaction of saying something like, Oh, it's okay. Don't cry. It's not that bad. Oh, it'll feel better soon. I did want to say something to reassure her and make her feel better. But I didn't. I held back. 
And then I said, oh, that must have been really scary to fall off your chair like that. If I had told her not to cry, not to worry, and that everything would be fine, it may well have distracted her from her fear and made her feel a bit better in that moment. But the longer term consequences of telling her that it's not that bad or that you don't need to cry would actually be implying that it's not okay for her to feel afraid. It would have been implying that fear and other painful emotions are bad things, problems to be solved and gotten rid of as soon as possible. No matter how painful, emotions aren't dangerous. When you treat emotions like problems, you teach yourself to think of them as problems. And the more you think of your emotions as the problems, the more afraid of them you're going to be. Instead of trying to fix my granddaughter's problems, I validated her emotions, letting her know that I care and that I'm there for her. But most importantly, letting her know that it's perfectly okay to feel whatever she's feeling, no matter how scary or how intense. Take it from somebody that's lived through this tragedy. Your mind is not as scary a place as you imagine it to be. Yes, it does contain frightening thoughts and difficult feelings, but you're underestimating your capacity to deal with those difficulties head on. Remind yourself that just because a particular feeling feels bad, that doesn't mean it is bad or that you experiencing it is a bad sign. Learn to accept your emotions, even the painful ones. The actual suffering comes from our resistance to our emotions, not from our feelings themselves. Accept all of your emotions, let them in, examine them. There's no reason to pretend you're smiling when you're really silently crying inside. It's pointless to pretend you don't feel angry, disappointed, frustrated, annoyed, exhausted, disillusioned or dissatisfied when you really do. Sit there and feel whatever you feel. It has a lot less power when you let yourself feel. You'll still feel the painful emotion, but you'll save yourself a lot of suffering. Stop running. Take your life back. It's worth it, it really is. Well, that's it for me. I hope you all have a great week ahead. Thank you so much for listening. And as ever, please do continue to like, comment, share and subscribe. And if you could leave me a review, that would be really, really great. And hopefully we'll speak again soon. Bye.